1: Yep Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows every week, go ahead to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button. And become a member today, because if you're a member to the website, you get an extra show every Thursday right there for your listening pleasure. And if you want to get prepared for emergency sake, go ahead to preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com, and there you get a four-week supply of food or a two-week supply of food. It's emergency supplies. It will last you up to 25 years shelf life. And if you get the four-month supply, we'll knock a hundred dollars off for you. And we have a lot of other things on that website outside of food. You can even buy seeds. On that website. So go ahead and check it out today. Prepare with HLL.com. Now, this week we have Preston coming on the show, and Preston is a great guest, and he actually has his own podcast called Metal Mentality. It's a really good podcast. You should definitely check it out. But today we got Preston coming on the show to talk about his paranormal experiences, including the time that he was followed home by what he can only call is the girl from the ring. He sees it at work and he sees it at home. And his roommate saw it. So let's get to Preston right now. All right, today we got a great guest coming on. We have Preston. Preston, how you doing, man?
2: Doing great. I'm, I'm excited to be here. And uh, when I started listening to your show a couple of years ago, I never thought I would come on here, but I feel like it's time to share uh, maybe for I just need some understanding. I don't know. I just need people to understand I just need to get this out. Let people know like I experienced this. I don't know what it all was. Maybe I can get some clarification on it, because man, I just don't know.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what the show's about, right? I mean, the show is about having people come on, share their experiences, and it's 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 comforting for people to be able to share their experiences with somebody who actually is sitting there listening and saying not saying to themselves, this person's crazy but also it's good for the audience because the audience gets to hear other people. And those people are saying, ah, I've been through that too. I'm not crazy. And so it's kind of multifaceted. Actually, uh, a little short side story before we get into this. Um, I did a show in Houston in 2019, and it was a live show. And I actually had a lady who does like counseling for full-time profession. And she came out to the live show because she told me that the way I interview people really helped her with how she listens to people during the sessions. And I was just like, you know, I'm a truck driver, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got other great qualities, Tony. You needed to just accept them.
1: <laughs> she's, she said to me, she's like, if you ever want to become a counselor, I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> so,
2: But I, so it, was, it was really
1: nice of her and stuff. But... Uh, <laughs> I know you've had these paranormal experiences throughout your life, and I know you emailed us about uh, a major one from your adulthood that you remembered. But there was other ones that you kind of remembered, and I think you kind of remembered the context a little bit, right?
2: Yeah, started when I was really young. Um, a lot of them, I don't know if I have suppressed them or just forgot them. I don't know what happened to them, but I know there's more to it. But I can't, I can't recall it, and I don't know why.
1: Well. What can you recall? I know you mentioned about uh starting from like chronological order, so what is what what is how do I say it? like i mean what are parts of the stories or memories that you're remembering?
2: yeah, I'll share everything I can remember so the the very first paranormal experience i guess i you would call it i had i was probably somewhere between the ages of three and five, probably probably around four um my parents. We they, we got this house that they were renting, this really old house. It was made of The walls were made of soapstone. And this house was already over 100 years old. And this is like the late 80s. And um, when they re- got to the house to rent it, um, they had to clean the whole house up. Uh, the drug users were going in there and they leave their needles and stuff. And so there was all this drug paraphernalia and they had to replace the carpet. They basically remodeled this house and they got a, a screaming deal to rent this old house. It had two bedrooms and one bath and uh, had an attic and a cellar. And I mean, we had a wood burning stove to heat in the winter. Um, I think it had a furnace, but, uh, I just remember the house being really cold. The windows were really drafty, breezy, really thin. We put uh, plastic up over the windows to keep help insulate the house. And, um, but I remember my mom took some of my toys upstairs into the attic. So I, in I opened up the door and it made like an L shape and it turned up and was going up the stairs into the attic. And there's really old dusty. I mean, if you went up in the attic, you could see light underneath the eve of the house. Like it wasn't sealed very well. And up there that they, they, you know, it had some extra stuff. And, and I went up there and, um, once you get this bag of toys or box of toys that I, I remembered there being up there and there was something over, someone was over in the corner on the opposite side of the house from me. and. I never saw them. I just knew that they were there and I didn't I pick up on their energy. I guess you'd call it. Um, you know, when, you know, when someone's in the room and they're looking at you from behind um, and, and you, you know that they're there without seeing them, yeah. it's kind of that feeling, but uh, the way it worked, the way I felt them looking at me, it was like, get out of here, get out of here, kid. You don't need to be here. And I just ran down the stairs. And, and I think that had to do something as I thought about this, I think it had, it was maybe one of the people that were using drugs in the house before we moved in. Maybe they OD'd or something, but just because I, the vibe that I got, it was someone going, it wasn't an old person. It wasn't a young person. It was, it was a middle-aged person and it was a male and he was not happy that he was there. And that's, that's all I remember of it but that house was super creepy. and I hated going down into the cellar. I remember one time we went down in the cellar. Um, I can't remember what we were doing down there. I went down there with my dad and there was a, like an infestation of garden snakes we didn't know about. And there was probably like 50 little snakes in there. And like, ever mm-hmm. since then, like I've been, I hate snakes. I'm not, there's not much that I'm afraid of. I hate, I hate snakes. Like the only good snake is a dead snake. I don't care what kind of snake yeah. it is. I'm going to kill it. Like I hate them. they, it's just the devil, man. Like, there's a reason why we portray Satan and the devil as a serpent because it's a snake. <laughs> there's no reason for him. I just hate him. But th- th- there were a lot of weird things in that house. It just, it was creepy. And I just remember laying awake at night and just being scared as a kid and not knowing why. That's, I mean, this is, you know, over 30 years ago. So that's what I recall from that. Um, and I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what I saw. I don't know what I felt. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, But then later they, my parents bought a house uh, when I was five, almost six years old and they, they still live in this house today. And this house was much bigger than the one we were living much newer. Wasn't over a hundred years old, you know? And uh, I think I was probably around eight, seven, eight, nine years old, somewhere around then. Um, my room was downstairs in the basement and, um, it was the only bedroom downstairs and I was in that room all by myself. And so the furnace room, uh, was downstairs and it was next to the hallway. And my, my bedroom was across from the furnace room, the door to the furnace room. And at the end of the hall, my dad had like a storage room where he kept all his hobby stuff. And I remember he had some like woodworking tools in there and he had camping equipment and so he kept his guns and all of his hunting stuff. And the way, when that door at the end of the hallway, where my dad kept his stuff open, it made a very distinct sound, a very heavy wood door, not like the thin bedroom doors you have in your house, but this door was like super heavy. And it, the sound of the wood rubbing made like this, just, I don't know if you've ever heard that noise when a wood door opens and it's kind of like a, yeah. boom. yeah. And so I, I remember laying in bed and the hallway was on, my door was cracked open and the furnace was going. Now, anytime someone walks past that furnace, it's kind of like when you walk in front of a fan and the pitch of the sound, the noise coming from the fan, the, the fan will change. You know what I'm talking about? And mm-hmm. You're hearing something different. Uh, just countless times, I remember hearing something walk past or someone walk past that f- the vent was in the door and it would change the pitch of the sound coming from the blower on the furnace. And many times I thought that I had heard that door opened up into my dad's room, that room where he kept all of his stuff. And it it was unmistakable. You could hear it anywhere in the house uh, if it was quiet enough. It's just that loud. And I just remember being laying there being freaked out and just not understanding what I was hearing. Then at the, uh, my parents, the garage door opener to to that house was really old. And even downstairs in the basement, you could hear the, in, the motor running on it and the door was like really old wood, probably weighed a thousand pounds. It was really loud and squeaky. And I remember many times my dad would work swing shift and he you know, he would come around midnight or two o'clock in the morning and I would hear that garage door open. And then I would hear someone walking down the hall, walk past that furnace and walk into that room. And, but it wasn't my dad and I wouldn't, it never was anybody I ever saw. But I remember hearing that all the time. And anytime I, I all the time I would think I heard that garage door open, or I think somebody walked by. And I just remember they're laying there being just terrified. And I don't know what I was hearing. I don't know. I mean, there's only one previous owner of that house and my parents knew them. And um they had one kid. Like nothing weird that I ever knew ever happened in the house that would cause that. So it makes me kind of think of like, um was I haunted as a kid, or did I have I was always a, a a highly sensitive kid. I was always aware in uh, uh, that spiritual sense of things that are spiritual around me. Um, but most of them were really positive experiences. Uh, but I could pick up on other people's emotions, not like an empath where I'd film. But if someone was arguing, I could feel that tension that they, they were having. And I'm just really uncomfortable. And that's kind of that feeling that I had as a kid was if I heard my parents fighting upstairs or something and as a kid being scared and afraid of it, but my parents weren't fighting. It's just, that's when I would hear those noises. That's that feeling that I would have. And I don't, I don't know where it is. I don't know where it came from.
1: I mean, I, I have a theory. It's along the lines of a theological theory, I guess, in the sense, but I do have a feeling or a theory that some kids might, and this is a running theory, like this is something that like I'm not sold on. I just, it's just an idea, but I feel like some kids might be targeted more than others because of who or who or what they might become later in life. And so um, if now I'm not saying, because I don't believe that all ghostly spiritual type encounters are the same thing or this from the same source, but um, if something is trying to terrify you as a kid and scare you and stuff, sometimes I I I wonder if there if some kids get more attention than others because uh there's some kind of sign that you're displaying of what you might become later in life and it's trying to sw- sway you away from that. Uh, and I, I say that because I I think that because I believe that you know good and evil and Satan and God and all that stuff. I think that if satan is who we believe him to be then he's been around for a really long time and and the the kids in 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 uh youth groups that are, that wear t-shirts that say satan is stupid satan is dumb like they don't know what they're talking about their kids the the, du- the dude is incredibly intelligent i mean imagine what you'd learn over thousands of years of existence and and monitoring a a, a species that you you despise and so i i think that over that that period of time that um evil observes and, and sees, hey, you know, Preston or Tony or Joey or whoever, or Samantha, let's not the ladies out, uh, is displaying characteristics that I have seen before in children. And those children often turn out to be this, and I don't want them to turn into that. So let's try to sway them off course. And that's just a running theory. I'm I'm very happy to let that go if somebody proves me wrong on <laughs> it or something. It's just I figured I'd add it in there.
2: No, I, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. And I don't, I can't say like who I'm supposed to be now or what I'm becoming, but, I, uh, you know, I'm just doing my best to put good out into the world. Yeah. And, and I think that that, it makes sense that he's trying to prevent that, that that makes sense to me.
1: And I don't know what the significance of scaring a child could do to sway them off course either. It's just an, it's just a theory that I have. Uh, and you know, it's just something I think about sometimes when I'm by myself in a truck kind of thing, you know, but um, it, it's, it's definitely something to think about just in the idea that, uh, you know, and I know not everybody believes in God that listens to the show, but I'm just saying if God is real, if Satan is real and Satan is who, you know, people say he is, then he would, ha- he would have to be incredibly smart. And imagine, you know, you as an 80 year old man, you would see a child that's five years old acting out and you're like, what? Oh, I've seen that before. If we let this kid go th- this direction, he's going to turn into this by the time he's 21. We don't want that. We, we don't want him in jail. So let's correct his behavior now. Now, well, if you take that idea of it and it's like, well, Satan saying, hey, I've seen this in kids before and I know they turn to Billy Graham's and I don't want that. So let's let's sway the course a little bit.
2: That, that makes total sense. It, it fits right in with my religious beliefs too. That would make sense. That just trying to stop good from happening, uh, and part of it is I will wonder too. Like, I, I'm not saying like I have a sixth sense or anything. I'm not. I'm not a medium or anything like that. There's just at times I know when people are around. I know when loved ones that have passed on are, are around. I feel them, and sometimes they have, I know what they want. I can pick up on their their thoughts. I don't know. I just. If they want somebody, they want something told, like I can, I know what they want told and I'll, you know, it's, I don't know, it just seems kind of normal to me, but I wonder if the, maybe it was to steer me away from the positive experiences that I would have and to doubt them and, or just to be, a, to fear them but going along with that running theory that you're at, you have, yeah. maybe it was to just prevent me from getting those messages out. I don't know.
1: Maybe. I mean, i don't know i can imagine because like like i say all the time on the show i'm just a dumb truck driver right now i say it tongue-in-cheek i know i'm not dumb but um the the, the idea is like i i so i I'm, i don't know the psych psychological things so i mean i don't know what putting a certain kid through certain experiences do- does to their psychological well-being and uh, in, in effect dictating a path in their life. You know, like kids who are abused by their parents and stuff tend to have certain paths they fall in that are common with other kids that go through that kind of trauma as well. And so if, if you put kids through paranormal experiences and scare, scare the hell out of them, then, you know, what does that do for their psyche later in life? And I don't know if there's any even studies done on that kind of stuff, but it's interesting, at least.
2: I just want to make sure real quick. Are you recording? Because it's not showing it's recording on my end.
1: Yeah, I'm recording.
2: All right, I just want to make sure because I've done that before. <laughs> Interview someone and you're like, oh crap! All right, sorry. Yeah. Just some work for you to edit. Edit. I'm, I'm uh, a vet, bro. So, <laughs>
0: okay, I just.
2: I'm not. So <laughs> you never know. Even vets make mistakes. All right. Yeah. So I, just,
1: <laughs> I, I don't record with uh, Skype. I, I, I record oh, okay. on software itself. So oh,
2: okay, that makes sense. Okay. Well, yeah. So at that same time, at about that same age, probably from about eight to 12, I had this reoccurring nightmare. I probably had it five or six times I can recall, but I was, um, walking on a beach and everything was dark around me, except for the sand I could see the natural color of the sands. If the, the sun was shining on it, but it's like it had its own light source, the sand would, and I could hear the waves crashing, uh, it, as I was walking along this beach and when the water would come in and make that noise of the uh, crashing on the, to the shore, um, it would hit my feet. The water hit my feet and the water would be black. And it was just over and over. I hear the, the waves crashing over and over and hit my feet. And I just see this, I'm like, what is going on? And then I'd wake up and I'd be sick to my stomach. Like, like horrible flu, ready to throw up fever, sweating. Um, and a couple of times I actually did throw up and I wouldn't be sick the next morning, but I'd have this dream and it happened many times throughout my childhood. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know what it meant, but it repeated. It's not just a one-time thing. That's why it's it kind of sticks out to me is it just was a nightmare that I had consistently. And I don't know. I don't know if anybody's had nightmares like that, but they had the same one and there's really no context to it. Um, but it's the same thing and, and wake up feeling sick. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. That's, I just thought I'd bring that up because it was interesting yeah. to me.
1: Well, I, I find dreams more and more interesting as time goes on with this show specifically. Um, when early on in the show, people would email me about dreams. I'm like, ah, oh, I mean, what what's paranormal about a dream? I, I didn't really grasp the concept that dreams actually mean something. Uh, even though if you think... <laughs> even towards my faith, like there's a guy named Daniel and he did some pretty cool things with interpreting dreams. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just didn't really put much weight into it, but, uh, as time went on and I got more and more emails about dreams, uh, and I, what really turned me was talking to Mr. X dreams who focuses on dreams. That's what he does. And his experiences in his dreams showed me that there's way more to dreams than just what I just, I guess, thought of a dream being you playing out some kind of skit in your brain while you sleep because your brain's just let loose. Uh, and so, with you, with your experiences and stuff, I think you're right on track with you know at least giving weight to it and trying to uh, trying to understand it. Whether it's just understanding that you don't understand it, or you know trying to figure it out, because I, I think dreams can tell us a lot more than at least for me, I originally thought to what, how long am I been doing the show? Almost four years now. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, if maybe you have someone who's listening to this and they interpret dreams, if you do, please uh, <laughs> let me know. Cause I want to know what it meant. I don't understand it, but it was weird. Uh, but, uh, so then moving along chronologically, uh, I remember being in elementary school, I think I was in fourth grade and the kids did bloody Mary in the mirror. And I went in and, uh, they, everybody, they turned the light off and they did it and they came running out and I didn't see anything, but I remember feeling something. And from then I was probably nine or 10 years old when that happened. I mean, that went on until I was like 18. I was terrified of mirrors. I still don't like looking at mirrors in the dark. Mirrors are creepy. I've never actually seen anything in a mirror, but I, I don't know why, but I think that a mirror has. I don't know. Is a gateway portal? I don't know. There's there's something about it. They they have the ability to show us things other than our reflection, dude. I don't I don't understand it. I don't know why I feel that way, but I just do.
1: I agree with you, man. Like seriously, everybody has a portal in their house. It's called a mirror. Like it, it just it feels like when you, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've done this where I'll stand in the mirror in the bathroom and I'll just stare at myself in the eyes and I'll get real close to the mirror, and I'll just stare at myself, almost like waiting for my my other person in the mirror to blink first kind of thing. And I, it's like, when you go that intense that staring at yourself in the mirror, it makes you feel like you're staring at somebody else that's staring right back at you. It really feels like it's a portal into another world. And uh, the whole Bloody Mary thing, man, I mean, I know you said to me earlier that you... Uh, you like the Zach King episode? Well, he talked about that in that episode. I mean, that's kind of was the opening thing for him into that world. Yeah, he. Went, I forgot about that. Like something actually showed up for him, you know. So, yeah, I mean,
2: I just think that it, it, you play with fire, you get burnt. Eventually, you get burnt. Then playing with anything, Ouija Ouija board, or you know anything that opens these portals or messages, whatever. Anything that brings in that, that dark light, that dark spirits or the dark energy, uh, I just don't touch it to the point where I now, I don't even watch scary movies and I had even, well, we'll get, I won't get ahead of myself here, but yeah, I, I quit watching scary movies. Um, and the consequences from that were positive, but, um, so yeah, I just remember that that base down in that basement, the the mirror in the bathroom, um, on that hallway, uh, anytime I went upstairs, I flipped the light, the hall light off and I ran up the stairs. I mean, that, that went on for until I was, you know, an adult and it just, just scared the crap out of me and it doesn't bother me now as an adult, but it did for a really long time. I just, I don't know what it was. I never felt like there was demons in my house. Uh, but I do remember feeling time sleeping, just that there was someone watching me sleep and not a good feeling of someone watching me sleep. It wasn't a loving person watching me sleep. I don't know to, I just remember feeling that. Um, what happened next? All right. So we'll get into the big story now. Okay. So this, I had this experience when I was, I was 21. Um, it really just confirmed to me that like all these things that I thought that I felt and seen or, or sensed uh, that it wasn't crazy. It kind of just validated me, but I, I was working in this care center for um, disabled uh, mentally and physically disabled adults. And I, I worked the graveyard shift. I only worked there for like a couple weeks. Um, I really liked the job, but it was just, it was really intense. And working in that environment, um, it just was kind of overwhelming for me. But one late one night, it's probably two or three o'clock in the morning. There are five or six of us working that shift. Um, and it, one of the girls that worked there, she said, do you know this place is haunted? And we're like, yeah, Milka, yeah. Okay, yeah, whatever. She said, no, like, you know where the nurse's office is? And we're like, yeah. She said, though, well, there's a an off uh, storage closet in there. The walls are padded, and the floor used to be a completely padded room. Now it's just the walls. The padded room, they put people in straitjackets jackets back in the 60s. And this building um, was probably built in like the 40s or 50s. Pretty old building. A lot of people died in that building. Um, in fact, just in that two weeks I was there, one person died for the, the, the two-week time period that I was there. And so, they, they're like, oh, let's go check it out. And we're like, okay, yeah, we had nothing to do. And everybody's asleep. We just kind of sat around, make sure the place didn't burn down. Nobody hurt anybody else. And so, we went into this room. I think there were four or five of us. And we went in, and the door, there was an old wood door, and it had a, that wire mesh glass window in it. And we, we shut the door and, um, kind of just sat in there and there, there was like a filing cabin in there, but the floor was no longer padded. It was tile and the door wasn't padded anymore, but the walls were white padded, white, just like you think, you know, in an insane asylum you see in the movies or something. And we kind of stood there and we were, and I looked out the window that was closest to the door and next to the door. And I, and this one, I, I don't know if I actually saw it or just like, like with my physical eyes or in my mind's eye, but the way that it appeared to me, my, whatever I was picking up on was just super intense. Like the most intense of any, uh, paranormal experience I had, there was a girl standing there facing the wall into the face the corner in a white nightgown and almost like, like from the ring. If you remember that movie, the girl from the ring. And yeah, I just, just I just freaked out and I don't know if I physically saw it or if I just like, sensed it but the other people knew it was there too And we came running out like, what the heck was that oh my gosh I'm like ah. and I was like I'm never going in there again I'm never going in there again and you it's in the middle of the night and all the hallways were dark and this building was as creepy as it was and just just creepy so my shift ended at like six o'clock in the morning seven o'clock in the morning and I went home And my roommate was getting up and he was going to work and I said man you're not going to believe what happened at work and I told him what I just just said He's like, what? That's crazy, man. He's like, no way. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't even know if it was real. I don't know, but it scared the crap out of me. And he's like, yeah, whatever, dude. And he left left for work. And I don't know if it was the, that night or the next night, but one night we were sitting down on the couch watching TV and he got up to the kitchen and the living room were connected. They're open. And he went over to get a drink or something. And as he got up from the couch to walk to the kitchen, um, as he looked to his right, you could see down in the hallway where the two bedrooms we had were. And he just stopped and froze and just his eyes just got super big. And he just backed up and he grabbed his keys and he walked out. And it was like in the middle of January. It was freezing cold. He didn't have a coat on. I was like, Jordan, where did you go, man? I'm like, what? What happened? And And he came back. He's like, I forgot my coat. And he grabbed his coat. He's like, I just saw someone walk from your bedroom or my bedroom into yours. And she was, she was it's just like that spirit you were talking about. I'm like, whatever. Oh. I was like, no way, dude. Right. And so I didn't, I didn't know what to make of it. And he left and he came back later that night and he's like, that was creepy, man. Right. So at this point now, I was no longer working at this care center. I got a different job and at this new job. I, uh, I was in the training. One of the girls that was in my training class, we became friends with her. And late one night, she just came over. She just stopped by. And I, I didn't know her at all. I just knew her briefly from talking in the classroom. And I mean, I was a 21-year-old kid, and I wasn't thinking straight. And I just, I like being around women. <laughs> Let's put it that way, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, it was the middle of the night, and we were, we were watching TV. And uh, we were watching MTV back in the middle of the night. They used to have like music videos come on and stuff. And the music video for a song by the band Hymn came on. And I, had, she, I hadn't told her anything about what would happen. I, this is the first time we'd ever hung out. Didn't know very little about her. Didn't even know her last name. And just the two of us there. And as on top of this like building or church, there was a, a pentagram. Um, Sort of the symbol of like the band hymn. I can't remember what it looks like exactly. They have a...
1: It's like a heart, right? It, it's, yeah. It's like a heart that has... It. I got pulled.
2: I like a pentagram. I can't remember what it is. Uh, but she saw that and she said, um, I don't like that. That makes me feel uncomfortable. I said, yeah, me too. That's I've, I've liked the band him. I used to like listen to much of their music and never thought anything about it. And, and we we ended up shutting the TV off and we were just kind of sitting there. And, um, she said, is there a spirit in your house? What? Like I had no idea she was a medium. I said, you tell me, she said, your last job, someone followed you home from work. And I was like, Oh, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> oh man. And I was like, well, tell her to leave. She's scaring the crap out of me. My roommate, I'm like don't follow me. And she, she, just looked at me. She says, you tell her. And I said, Hey, don't, you can't, hang around me anymore I said. why are you following me and she said um her name's elizabeth and the way that she feels around you she feels safe and she likes you you make her feel good when she's around you and i was like oh i don't care how i make you feel like you don't make me feel good like you need to leave and she's like don't piss her off i was like i'm not trying to i just i'm scared out of my mind you know and um and then uh we I don't. We just kind of sat there again. We're talking like that was the end of that right there, that little bit for now. And uh, it gets even weirder because I I said, "There's someone else here too, isn't there?" And she's like, "She just got tears in her eyes." She just nodded. And I she was standing. She's standing in front of the TV, isn't she? And she said, "Yeah." Like I couldn't see her. I just knew she was there. I don't. I don't. I just could tell it's where she's this this spirit was standing. I said, you know them, really grew close to them, weren't you? And she just started crying, bit excited you crying. She's like, yeah. I said, she said, do you know who it is? And I just sat there and I thought about it and I don't know, connected to whatever the energy was, focused on that. I said, was it your mom? Is it your mom? She said, yeah. I said, she killed herself, didn't she? She said, mm hmm. She did. She says, and I said, You know, it's not your fault. She wants you to know it's like, it's not your fault. She said, Yeah, that's what she left in the note she wrote me. It's not, none of this is my fault. And she said, well, you need to understand that it's not your fault. And she's just was crying. And then her mom left. And as we were sitting there, she was crying. She's like, How did you know that? I said, How did you know that other spirit was there? I was like, I don't know. Sometimes I just pick up on things. And uh, I don't know. I don't understand it. So as we were having this conversation, Over on the kitchen counter, there was a coffee pot. I'm talking like one of those cheap ones from, you know, Walmart. They're like $10. And it wasn't plugged into the wall. Um, and it started making that popping noise when it gets hot. Pop, 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 pop. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And it's made this sound as if it was sucking up the water and making, making coffee. And I went over and I touched the coffee pot and it was not hot, but not, but more than warm. I was like, are you kidding me? And she says, you need to leave now. All you spirits, you need to leave now. You're not welcome here. She says, we're done talking to you tonight. And just everything left. It's done. And I was just just in shock. All right. I never so that that night. That was the end of that night. And I, I never talked to the girl again. Never saw her again. Never really? talked to her. Right?
1: Well, I must be a relationship killer.
2: Uh, I don't know something was off. Something was off about her. I found out. And it wasn't just, there was something going on. I don't know what it was, but I just, it's probably for the best. Let's <laughs> put it that way. So, uh, a couple of, couple of weeks later, maybe a month later, um, I moved into a, a new house, um, with my current roommate and we had a couple of friends and this is a big house for four single guys to live in. It was like a six bedroom house and three levels and, um, down in the basement. Uh, so it was a tri-level house where you walk into the front level the front door and you got your living room and kitchen on the front level. And then upstairs you have bedrooms. And then downstairs you had a, a family room or a, li- uh, and a, a, uh, a bedroom and the laundry room was there. And then it had the basement had a second level down into it. So down in the second level of the basement, there was a, like a weight from uh, exercise machines, um, a wet bar that the, ha- the owner of the house would put in and we put it, we turned that into like a den. We put her TV in there and couches. And that's, where we hung out and watched TV and everything. And so I, I was actually dating my wife at the time and she came over and we were laying on the couch, watching, we were watching them. Um, the Incredibles is the movie we were watching. And as we're laying on the couch and I felt like something touched my hair. Felt like something touched me. And at the time I kind of had a long shaggy black hair. Cause I was into the emo scene a little bit. Um, emo's not dead by the way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, and, uh, and I looked up like, what the heck was that? And, and my wife said, who just touched you? I was like, how did you know something touched me? And she's like, I saw your hair move. I said, like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, there's something here. And, uh, I said, oh, and I knew what it was. Said, That's Elizabeth. It was that girl. And uh, I said, yeah, this spirit followed me home from work like a month ago and she won't leave me alone. And she likes, she doesn't mean me harm, but she likes the way she, I make her feel. She feels good and safe. I don't know. And she's like, my wife's like, oh, that's weird. I said, hey, Elizabeth. All right. You need to leave. Please don't come around me anymore. I'm sorry. Whatever you went through, please don't ever come by me. Don't come around again. Like, you need to move on. You know, I don't remember what I said exactly, but just basically kindly said, like, get the hell away from me as kind as I could. <laughs> and I never, that was it. Never. So that worked. Never, yeah. Never encountered her again. Well, there you go. I don't know. I don't know why, what it was, but she followed me. Uh, but I've had other experiences too, though. Um, the last one, I really major one where I was like, I can't explain that. Uh, I was it was about seven or eight years ago. Um, so I come from a big family. I'm the oldest of six kids, and my two youngest siblings um, they had it much easier than this older kids. They got to go to a private school, <laughs> and at this private school, the parents also helped teach there too. And it, they had certified teachers there, but the, the parents were there uh, heavily involved in this. So my mom had keys to the school, and it, it was like a newer office building that um they leased out the first floor. It kind of had a weird layout to it, um, but it was. It was pretty big and school had like you know a couple hundred kids and it was big enough for all of them and my mom was telling me how some of the kids there' been a weird energy in the school and the kids there have been really round, wound up lately this past week and they found out that um, some of the kids had done Bloody Mary in the bathroom and everything got thrown off since then and she's like I don't know what's going on she's like do you want to go check it out with me maybe you can pick up on something and I was like yeah, ghost hunt. Let's do it. Cool. So, um, we went in, and it was about 10 o'clock at night and I, I had turned the, the mic from the voice recorder on my phone on and put it in my, uh, the pocket of my jacket up on my chest. And we just started walking through the school. And I noticed, um, we went through all the, the little, I guess they're classrooms, but they're more like an office, uh, bigger offices where they did. And we went through all of them. There's probably 10 of them. And we walked by one and uh, the door was open and the door was closed. And I opened it and opened it up. And I said, hey, if there's anything in here, I'm going to leave this door open. And you're not allowed to touch it. This door will stay open. Nobody touch it. And we went around through the whole school again and we came back to check that door and that door was shut and it, it, it's not an automatic closing door. And we just had this dark energy around us. This, you just pick up on like something is here. I don't know where it was. It doesn't belong here. And so I just cast it out. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave. You're not welcome here. This is a place of learning. You will not leave harm these children. And, and it left. And my mom said that next week, everything was normal. And so I went back a couple weeks later to see if like, did I really shut that door or leave that door open and shut? And, um, I checked on my phone. Yeah. And we came back and like, Holy crap. That's exactly what happened. I, I didn't, I didn't imagine it all that whatever it came from them doing that bloody Mary, uh, was gone after that. Uh, that's really about most of my, there's, there's little things here and there. I just pick up like, there's a dark spirit here. I don't remember the details of it all. Um, those are the ones I, I can recall the details of, um, but all the other experiences I've had have been very positive for, um, I don't know what you call them, angels I picked up on protecting oh, people.
0: Yeah.
1: How does that work? I mean, uh, like you're walking by somebody and, uh, you just sense that there's an angel there protecting them, like a guardian angel.
2: Um, it's usually when there's something, it, it, It's I don't just pick up on it. I know. Or what do we call it when you can touch something and read it, they read the history of it. But clairvoyancy, is that what it's called? And I'm not like that. I can't just touch somebody and like, oh, this happened to you. And it doesn't, okay. it doesn't like that But one instance I'll share, and a lot of these are just like so personal and sacred. I can't, I just don't share them. But the one that I feel comfortable sharing do with, it. Um, we were, this is pretty cool. Um, so like I said, I'm of six kids. and I. I think I just got been married about a year. I think my brother had just gotten married as well, and uh, all of my siblings were over at my parents' house, and my my dad was at work and at night, and my grandma was there, and she was talking about how much she missed our our grandpa. Our grandpa died when um about ten years, eight nine ten years somewhere before this happened, and yeah, we all missed him. We were talking about him, sharing good memories, and it turned into a really spiritual conversation. We were just kind of sharing. Uh, our thoughts and feelings on on topics of uh, religion, spirituality. I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. I don't remember what we were talking about. It was a, it was a spiritual conversation. And um, there was no storm or nothing outside. There was no lightning or anything. Um, and the power went out. There's no reason why the power went out. It was done. But pitch black. and And I knew something was trying to prevent us from having that conversation. I could tell that. I said something's trying to stop us from us from talking. And my mom said, We'll just talk in the dark then. And we just kept talking. And as we were talking, I it, it was almost like as if in my mind's eye, as if I were like recalling a remember a memory and watching that happen, uh, that video footage, you know, of it play again, but it was happening in real time. I don't really know how to describe it. But there were angels. Uh, surrounding the room um it, but the walls of the room didn't stop them some of the people were outside and some of them were inside and they were all little kids and as they stood they locked arms and this light came from them i, I could feel the light as if you could feel the warmth from the sun i could feel it physically feel it coming off of them and there were two little girls They're about the same age. And they said, we have to protect our family. And I knew who one of the girls was. I knew that it was my daughter, but I didn't have any kids. But I knew that girl was going to be my daughter, one of them. And as I looked around, I realized all these kids around me were my nieces and nephews. And my grandma was standing there who had recently passed away my other grandma and my grandpa that we were talking about and they were there and they looked at me and they didn't say anything. And it just, this is like, you're safe. Like nothing will get through this circle. And, and I just said, can you turn the lights back on? And immediately the lights came right back on power came right back on mm. after we sat there. And and i know that was my daughter and i know too because as my daughter who is now 9 years old um when i recall this memory and i see her face and she says like we're going to protect our family it's her and the other one that she, the girl she's talking to is my niece who are about this both about the same age um but yeah those are the types where like i know like people were there protecting us um another i was at a funeral um for an older lady who, who didn't really have much family her family put her in a nursing home and they never went and saw her. And then my family, um, uh, Christmas time, we had a tradition of, of going to the nursing home that was right down the street from them. And we would find someone who didn't have any family and we would just adopt them for Christmas. Um, and so, and are the people would die, you know, by the next time Christmas came around the next Christmas, but this lady lived for several years and we came really close with her and she would come to our Christmas parties um, every year and come over for Thanksgiving and birthdays we have our first dinners and barbecues and we came really close with her. And, um, we became her family and she, her kids maybe once every in a year would come just stop by and say hi for a minute. If that, and not all of them did. So we were at this funeral and we were like, it was us and a couple of her kids and there's, there's my family at that time was like, how many people were we have? eat? about 10 people. Uh, with our married spouses and stuff, maybe, maybe nine. And, um, it was us. And there was like maybe five other people there. There was nobody at this funeral and we were sitting in the back and the family was talking about her and they didn't even, that's like they didn't even know their mom. And I, I, I turned to my wife and I was like we know her, their mom better than we did. They do like, Oh, that's sad. And as we were sitting there, I looked down over, um, on the, the pew that we were sitting at in the church. And again, this has been my mind's eye. I, I knew she was there. I could feel that she was there. I could feel love emanating from her towards our family. And she walked in the row behind us, the pew behind us where nobody was sitting. And she kissed every single one of us on top of the head. When she came to me, I physically felt her touch my head. And she said, thank you for being with us. Being, thank you for allowing your family to be with me the final years of my life. And then she walked off.
1: That's deep. That's deep, man. So do you think that you have, a, I mean, it sounds like to me you have a special ability then to sense like the spiritual realm around you. I don't think you've said that you have that ability in this interview, but it sounds like it to me.
2: I don't understand exactly. Yeah, there's something there, some sort of gift, I guess you could call it that. I don't understand it. Uh, but keep going. keep thinking about what you're talking about, this theory of like, trying to stop me from becoming who I was supposed to be. Maybe I, I was, as a kid, I was trying to be scared to not have these promptings, these spiritual moments. And there are many, many more that I've had, but they're all positive. Uh, I knew my grandma was there and at times when, um, we were going through hard times. I was going through a really hard time. My grandma was there. And she just comforted me. And then, uh, yeah. There's a lot of good. I don't, but I don't understand. I don't really understand it. I just, just, this is just what I have experienced. I've never had any a mentor. I think, I don't know. I've never had anybody mentor me into refine this and hone it in more. Um, but- I, yeah,
1: I, I'm not a big fan of that stuff. I, 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 I think that when you go to, and I know people are going to disagree with me on this, but I just feel like when you go to somebody for mentorship, when it comes to this kind of stuff, uh, you get outside influence and I don't know if it's always pure. I, 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 I'm not generally a trusting person to begin with. I don't like anybody who knows me. It's very hard to get on the inner circle here. Like I, I don't trust a lot of people. And so the idea that I'm going to trust somebody and their input on the spiritual level with what I'm dealing with, I'm very careful with but that's just my opinion.
2: <laughs> and I, I, maybe that's why I haven't sought after it because I think a lot of it's a bunch of nonsense or, or not coming from a good source of a, a helpful source. It's not good. Yeah. It's just, it's just, or it's just, they might see it as a positive thing, but it's coming from the darker side of things, not the positive.
1: It's coming from their perspective. Yeah. And that's the thing when it comes to this kind of stuff, there's so much unknown about all this stuff that a lot of this is perspective. And so when you go to somebody for mentorship, you're going for mentorship up, 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 upon their perspective. And I don't know if that perspective is right, though. And, and and I don't know if it is right. Is it the kind of perspective that I need in my life at this time? There's just so much stuff that's unknown that I I just... I. For me personally, I I don't go to the whole the whole mentorship route with this kind of stuff. Um even even with like the Christian side of things, uh I'm very careful with who I listen to on the spiritual level kind of thing because I I'm a very different dude. Like people who listen to the show and stuff, um if you don't know, like I'm very I'm not your typical "Quote unquote," general Christian, like I, I'm different. I view things differently. When you hear me talk about the Bible and stuff, it's very different.
2: You're not, you're uh, unorthodox.
1: Very, very unorthodox. I mean, there are certain things that I hold true to. Uh, you know, my my salvation through Christ is one of them. But when it comes to like the story of the prophet Samuel coming and talking to Saul as a spirit, wh- the way I view that is something that's not preached about in your general Christian church because they view it as impossible. And it's not impossible because it says it in their Bible. Like Nowhere in their Bible did it say that Saul was talking to a ghost. It said that he was talking to Samuel. And if you say you believe that book, then you should probably try to believe everything that's in that book and not just what makes you feel comfortable. I'm sorry. I'm getting off the high horse.
2: No, no, I, 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 agree. Uh, it's kind of leads into like the whole nephifilium and the whole theory of a, that, that yeah. being Sasquatch. And that, and I think your show was the first time I ever heard that. Um, yeah. that makes sense to me. I don't know what the crap Bigfoot is. I sure as hell hope I never seen one. I don't, I have no intention of going looking for one. I don't ever want to encounter one. No way. But there's something out there. I agree. I think there's something out there, but I don't, I don't want to, it. I'm not going to look for it.
1: I mean, I, I used to look for it until I started thinking, oh, I think, I like, in my gut, if you had to ask, tell me I had a side with one theory, in my gut was, I think these have the same type of origins as a Nephilim did in the Bible. I'm going to stay away from these things. <laughs> like Because for me, it's just like, when I talk to the people who had very physical encounters and I talk to people who've had the paranormal encounters with the same creature, supposedly, I'm like, how, how does that work? And there's, there's other, you could say they're alien and they, 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 or, or something like that, or they're, you know, future humans, time traveling and they have technology. I don't know. But for me, when I started thinking along the lines of how the Nephilim came into existence and my understanding of getting traits from your father and mother as a person, I started thinking, well, if my father was supernatural would I have supernatural abilities? Maybe. And then I started thinking about the the, the idea that I have a twin brother and sister who my, my one brother, who's a twin, looks darker than me, but my sister, who's his twin, is whiter than me, like a lot whiter. You wouldn't know she's Puerto Rican. And they're twins. And clearly they got different DNA, even though they're twins. And that's when I started thinking, um, so maybe it's possible that some of these creatures have abilities that other... Other ones don't. And I was just like, oh man, if this is the way it is, I, I just can't go there. I, I'm just, I'm going to stay on the pavement.
2: <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot I think in this world we don't understand. And just as human beings, we're naturally curious. We want to understand everything, right? Or we, we want to find an answer that feels good. Maybe we don't really want to understand it, but we want to make sense of it in a way that we feel comfortable with. And I, uh, I don't know only thing I know is that there are spirits that are out there. There are dark there's dark energy. There are demons. Um, I don't know about aliens. I don't know. Someone's kind of out there for me. Um, skinwalkers, all that, that stuff. I don't know. It's all possibility. And, but I don't think we need to be looking for that stuff. We don't need to. Why? Just tell me why, like, that's, that's something we need to be looking for seeking to understand other than just, just our curiosity. Like, how does that benefit us to understand all this stuff.
1: Well, I, I think there definitely would be benefits if we understood more, but uh, I understand. I think it really comes down to a personal perspective as to what you think these things are, where do they come from, and how does that stand with you on a on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. Uh, and that's why you get a lot of people who come from a Christian background who aren't even willing to hold these kind of conversations because they think it's going to attract
2: the demons. Uh, yeah. And well, I will tell you this, though. Like I was talking about the scary movies, right? I used to watch scary movies all the time. Like like The Ring. Um, I can't remember the other ones that came out in that time. It's been a long time. But, you know, movies like that. Yeah. that I didn't already, I've already referenced that, but that's just the one that comes to my mind. Because it's probably like the last one I watched. But when I quit watching scary movies, I did not have paranormal encounters with dark spirits. Significantly dropped. Uh, until last night, actually. I just remember this. Oh,
1: snap. Talk to us about current events.
2: So actually in the room I'm sitting in right now, this is my, my daughter, this is her bedroom. And we just put her down in this bedroom last week. We put all my kids in their own beds, got rid of the bunk beds, got rid of the crib. And they're all in big beds and they have their own rooms. And they're all excited about it. Right. Uh, One of the worst experiences as a parent is is moving beds around. (laughs) I'll just tell you that. (laughs) One time. Right. So last night, was about 930 at night. I came down. I went outside. I grabbed something out of my car and I locked the house up, turned on the, port- the lights and made sure everything was locked up. And as I came back into the kitchen, um, my daughter came up the stairs and she said, dad, were you just trying to open my bedroom door? And I said, no. And um, I said, why? She said, Someone was just trying to open my door. Well, my wife was upstairs watching a movie. My other two kids were asleep. I was outside. There's nobody else in this house. And I didn't know how to, what to say to her. I said, I don't know. I don't know what that was. That's weird. I was just like, oh. and the thought crossed my mind. I'm like, Oh crap. She can have these experiences too. Because I don't want her to have to go through that. And the fear of like, how do I, how do I validate what, what happened? How do I, how do I give her feedback without making her sound crazy? But at the same time, not say, Oh, that's a, that's a dark spirit. You know what I mean? Without scaring her. I didn't know. I, yeah. I didn't know how to react to it. And I said, I don't know. I said, I'll come down and look in a minute. And she went back downstairs. I uh, went back up. And then I went upstairs and uh, came back down about a half hour later to go rotate the laundry. And The laundry room's right next door to this the room I'm in, where she was in. And I rotate As I went to go into the laundry room, it was all dark downstairs. I noticed my daughter's bedroom light was on. Now I could hear music playing. I was like, oh, gosh. So I opened up her door. And she just had her, her desk lamp on. And she had her Alexa in her room. She was playing the Hamilton soundtrack. She, and I was like, okay. And I went shut it all off. And I cracked the door. And I flipped the, the light on above the computer and uh, dimmed it. And so she wasn't sitting in the, in the dark. And I, I was like, I don't want to rotate the laundry right now. So like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and as I stood there, looking into the laundry room, which was dark. It's like, holy crap, there's something in here. And I looked around the other room and I just said, whatever's in here that tried to open my daughter's door, you will not harass my daughter. You will leave her alone tonight. And it said, and I just had this feeling of like, you don't have the authority to tell me to leave. You can't tell me to leave. And I just said, by the power of Jesus Christ, with his name, I command you to leave. You will not leave my, you will leave my daughter alone. You will leave this house tonight. You are not welcome here. You will not harass my daughter. Do you understand me? In the name of Christ, you will leave her alone. And my grandma was there. I felt her. And she said, hey, Preston, she's safe. We'll look after her. So I have my great, great grandfather. um, He immigrated from Germany in the late 1800s um, when Russia was under the rule of his and the family immigrated to Israel, to Jerusalem. And then in Jerusalem, they were tour guides in Jerusalem. And they lived there for many years. Well, he ended up meeting my great-great-grandmother uh, while he was there. And they immigrated to the United States. So I come, I'm one-eighth German, um, but have deep ties to the Holy Land in Jerusalem. And he was my great-grandfather. Great-great-grandfather. I never met him. uh, was very proud that, you know, he knew where uh, Christ walked and he got to show that he knew where the garden of Gethsemane was and all these events were something took a lot of pride in. So to honor him as a way that my family honors him is every Christmas, um, we will sing. There's a song called uh, the Holy city. And if you've ever heard it, this is Jerusalem, Jerusalem, lift up your voice and sing Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. Um, I mean, it's, but it's about the Holy land. Um, about a guy who has a dream from there and a vision. So we sing that song. It's, I I never hear that song anywhere else. It's not, it's called the Holy city. I can't remember who wrote it. It's a very old song. And, um, so every once in a while, that song will pop into my head. And I was like, why am I thinking about this song? And I, I talked to my cousin who, um, has similar gifts as me, I guess you'd say she's really good at interpreting impressions people get, uh, and, and helping you understand them. And she said, why would that song come to your head? It's like, I don't know. That's that's great. Great grandpa's song. Like, why would I think about that? She says, maybe it's because he's with you. And so I thought about that and I was driving about a month ago. And as I was driving, I just, um, had a thought in my head. I said, why do I keep hearing that song? Why does that song pop into my head? What does that mean? And, uh, I just heard a voice in my head. It said, just let you know I'm with you. And so I believe that anytime that song pops into my head, it's no, my great grandfather, my great, great grandfather is with me. And he, he had a son, his name was, was Philip Ray. And my, I'm named after him. My middle name is Ray. I'm named after him. I have a few memories of him. Um, but I've always been drawn to him uh, because of the, the namesake. And so last night, my grandma said, we got this. I said, we. And the song started playing in my head. It's like, I just said, oh, thanks. And I walked up and I went to bed. And my daughter was fine. That's cool. So, I, don't That's cool. I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know. If, if I'm crazy, I don't know if I make all that up. I don't know if it's hundred percent true, uh, but to me, it feels right. It feels true. It feels, it feels like it's truth. And so I'll, I'll I'm just going to go with it.
1: Hey man, it, that, that's a very uh, positive way to uh, wrap this up. Uh, I like it. And before we end this interview, I wanted to let you kind of give yourself a shout out as far as your show goes. Um, we didn't mention it in the beginning, but you're a podcaster as well. And, uh, I wanted you to give it, give the people, you know, the information on where they can get your show, uh, social media, all the good stuff, anything you want them to know. Yeah. How's your time?
2: Well, I appreciate that opportunity, man. I didn't didn't even cross my mind to put that out. Uh, yeah. So I, I, host a show I created and host a show. It's called metal mentality. Metal is in, is your strength of characters where you go when you have, feel like you have nothing left. Uh, then the mentality of, of always being on being your best self. And so I created this show, uh, to help people who are, are going through a hard time, going through their own personal hell. Cause the, there's one thing we all have in common and there's two. one is we're all going to suffer at some point in time. We're all going to feel pain. And the other is we're all going to die. It's really the only two things that everyone in this world has in common. But I, I'm a firm believer that suffering and pain is, is a catalyst to becoming great, to becoming greater than we are, I should say, and better. It's fertilizer. and Failure is fertilizer. We have to have it to grow. And so it, this shows it's it's available anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's uh, anywhere. It's, it's on YouTube, um, Metal Mentality. And I just interview people who have been through their own version of hell on life. And how they got through it, and it's just to provide resources for anyone who's having a hard time, uh, particularly veterans such as uh, as I'm a member of the armed forces currently. Uh, I've seen too many people take their own life. I'm sick and tired of it. So I felt like I needed to do something. So I created the show, and I just interview people who have this this metal mentality. They're always trying to be the best version of themselves and have that con- that foundation they built of um, consistency, fortitude, and grit. And, uh, so yeah, check it out. You can check out my website, metalmentality.org. So this is metal M E T T L E, not like steel iron type metal, but metal M E T T L E mentality.org. Um, and I'm on all social media just at metal mentality. Um, you can contact me if you like, um, Preston is, my email address was Preston at metalmentality.org. And, uh, I'd love to hear from anyone who, uh, um, would like to share their story of enduring hardship or uh, uh, is looking for some help, uh, I'm here to help anyone who you reach out to me, I promise you, I'll I'll do everything I can. Make sure you keep fighting another day for yourself.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good, man. Uh, I would highly encourage people to check you out. And, you know, I was just looking at your Instagram and I was telling you before we started recording, your Instagram looks good. Like it it has a lot of good positivity kind of stuff on there. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. And, you know, one of our sponsors for the show you know throughout time has been uh better help and uh that is a sponsor that i really enjoy having and i'm really happy that they you know seem to come back over time because uh one of the biggest things that we're dealing with in the world today is a society of people who are extremely depressed uh, extremely um pulled down by circumstances in life. And with what we're going through in 2020, uh, it hasn't gotten any easier for people. And people need that outlet. They need somebody to talk to. And whether it's talking to a podcast hope or host or you know a counseling service, uh, people need to realize that there are venues for you to vent. Uh, because if you don't find that venue, if you don't find that outlet, uh, you could do something crazy and stupid. Not, maybe not just killing yourself, but you know, doing something stupid as in your back's against the wall and you, you know, wind up robbing a store or you do something where you hit somebody or you get violent with somebody. Uh, instead of getting to that point, be proactive and find somebody to talk to, whether it's a complete stranger, or a host of a show, a, fr- a family member, whatever it is. But uh, your show is definitely a place where people can check that out. And maybe that's an option for them as well.
2: Oh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, just just remember you're, you're never alone. There's always someone who can relate to what you're going through. Someone will have empathy for you. Someone's going to have compassion. You just need to put in the effort to find the right person to talk to. Don't ever give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your hopes. Anything you want to accomplish is possible. You just have to embrace the suck of life. And you just have to accept the fact that failure is going to happen, but change your perspective on it. It's failure is fertilizer. I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. Um, had I not been through all the things that I felt at in life, uh, just because you fail at something doesn't mean that you're a failure. What it means is that you're.
1: Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it, li- life is full of the ups and downs. And so when you're in that low and you feel like it, there's nothing good to live for, start thinking about the future and how as time goes forward, so will you. You'll get through the situation and your life story becomes that much more impactful once you get through that situation. And imagine all the people that are in the same situation as you that you can then help because you actually got through it. And so it's 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 a cycle, man. Life's a cycle. And I think people um, need, need the positivity that your show offers.
2: Yeah. Uh, you broke up there. I couldn't quite hear
1: what you said. Good. Don't worry about it.
2: <laughs> okay <laughs> well thanks yeah no i just just uh just remember that the more your situation sucks that you're in the better the story is going to be for someone else and it's getting, the more the more it sucks now the more to help other people and uh it's a choice though you get to choose if you're gonna let this situation define you or if you're gonna let it make you into something better
1: Well, that's the show, everybody. We really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy please share the show with your friends. We don't care where you share the show or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first, it'll piss you off. Bye.
0: pains. You let me creep in your brain. I wanna make you afraid. So let me tell you my name. Baba baba duk duk. Yeah, I'll turn you insane. Baba baba duk I will keep you awake. You know I growl for every time I hear you screaming. I will leave for every scream of yours. I'm feeding. I'm a metaphor for the grief that you are feeling. Until I'm gone, you'll never satisfy your healing. Baba baba duk duk. See me in my book book. Hear a sound? Look look. Now you're feeling shook shook. 'Cause he's Baba